0: You're listening to The Influencer Podcast, episode number 29. Before we dive in, I want to give my warm appreciation to our reviewer of the week, Chantel Bell. And she says... Julie and the Influencer Podcast curate each episode to inspire and motivate you no matter what industry you are working in. Julie brings in fantastic guest speakers each week who promote their insight and expertise in their field. I leave each episode feeling more empowered than the last. Thank you so much, Chantel. I am so glad that you are getting so much from this podcast. So, I want to hear from more of you who listen in each week, so make sure to subscribe to The Influencer Podcast over on iTunes and give us a review so I can then highlight your review in an upcoming episode. Make sure to screenshot this episode on your phone and tag me on your Instagram story at Joel Solomon hashtag The Influencer Podcast, to let me know that you're joining in today as you know that I love to share those screenshots on my story too. Last week, Sophie Jaffe Founder of Philosophy, talked about the importance of connection, self care, and speaking your truth within your brand and blog. This week, we have the fabulous Lauren Everts of The Skinny Confidential sharing her secrets to turning a blog into a successful multi service brand and mega platform. Welcome to the Influencer
1: Podcast. Each week, Julie Solomon, a marketing strategist and New York Times best selling publicist, takes you behind the scenes with successful influencers bloggers and industry elites in conversation to share how they engage persuade and grow their unique influence her mission is to share exclusive insider tips wisdom and action-based tools to help you strengthen monetize and build your own industry-leading influence
0: Today is an exciting interview as it's happening in person with the one and only Lauren Everts of The Skinny Confidential. Um, I'm so excited to get into all things skinny today. So the idea of The Skinny Confidential came about when Lauren was attending San Diego State and was incredibly frustrated by the lack of healthy food options on campus. Attending school full-time, working days and nights, and teaching reformer Pilates classes meant that the budget-conscious Lauren started modifying meals and the rest became blogger history. She started sharing her healthy tidbits and the Skinny Confidential has now evolved from a fitness and health blog to a massive influential community for women all over the world to come and spill all of their tips and tricks. It's a source of inspiration for women and is also one heck of a brand. The Skinny Confidential won the number one health and fitness blog in the world on Bloglovin' and became a book, a wildly popular podcast, which is one of my favorites, and soon to be product line. Lauren is an influencer through and through and has worked with fantastic brands including Nordstrom, Topshop, Free People, Shape, Nasty Gal, and has been featured on Women's Health magazines. Like The Huffington Post, Self Magazine, Who, What, Where, etc., etc. So excited to have you on, babe, today. Cannot wait. What an intro, etc., etc. I love that. I know. I could go go on and on and on with your fantastic bio. Thank you so much. You're so welcome. So let's get into this. I want to first start talking about something that you had mentioned to me that happened early in your life that kind of impacts your brand today. You talked about how your sister struggled with addiction, and it really caused you to be super aware and use the word like obsessed with health and wellness. And what I love about that is that that evolved into the Skinny Confidential and that became your brand and your personal brand and kind of everything stems from that. So let's discuss that.
1: Yeah. I've had a lot of adversity in my life. A big part that I have not talked about on the Skinny Confidential, which I I might parlay that onto the Skinny Confidential in a way like writing a memoir or something. I really try not to make the Skinny Confidential all about me. Right. I want people to be able to leave the Skinny Confidential with some kind of value that they can apply to their own life. Right. So, you know, it's not always telling my story. And I struggle with this a lot where... I don't want to tell someone else's story, right? Even though it is my story, there's parts that are other people's story. So I'm very careful with kind of what I put on the blog that has to do with my family or friends. Um, it definitely something that was difficult that I did share was my sister's addiction. And we did a podcast episode on it. Um, she was addicted to heroin for four years and you know it was really really hard for the family and the people around her as well as her to go through kind of the journey Um, that definitely did make me kind of go the other way with health and fitness. So she went that way. I went the other way. She's back on track now, though. Um, I'm really happy. She's four years sober and she has a baby. So she's doing really well now. But um, that kind of is what propelled the health and fitness obsession. Um, From there, I started working out with my godmom and just really found that I had a lot of relief from a lot of things that were happening mm-hmm. through working out and eating healthy. So then I you know got thrown on campus at San Diego State and there was 20,000 girls and I'm looking around and there's nothing to eat. I'm like am I supposed to have a burrito or a burger? There was nothing <laughs> to eat and I you know was teaching pilates, teaching pier bar, bartending until, you know, midnight and I didn't have time like to cook a salmon and put, you know, spinach underneath it. And everything online is telling you to do that at this time. I think it was, um, 2010 and I started going to like Rubio's and being like, can I have a grilled fish taco, hold the cheese on a lettuce cup? You know, they looked at me like, right. Moron. Right. Um, but it worked, you know, I kept my figure instead of gaining the freshman 15, And I saw all these girls and I'm like, how can I get this word out that there's modifications and tiny things you can do and it doesn't have to be so overwhelming? And in that, how can I create a community where I get other women's tips and tricks? Mm. So again, it wasn't about me, me, me. It was like, I want to hear what they do too. right? And so a blog, which was such a weird word in 2010, came to mind And I decided that I... And I don't even know how I decided this. I don't know if this is like ingrained in me since I was born. But I decided that I wasn't just going to launch with a blog. I was going to launch with a brand. And when you launch with a brand, it takes time. So I, I really... Cultivated that brand message before I put it out there, and you and I just talked about on our podcast about how you did the same thing. I niched down like, who is my audience? What does she look like? What does she do? What does she like to read? You know, down to I I said it earlier, what nail polish color she wears. Right. Um, So then I just knew who I was talking to. It took a year to launch, and we launched in I think um, I think I want to say 2010, maybe 11, and. I just really put my head down and did not think about money for two and a half years. So you really took your time with it.
0: Totally. And then what gave you the forethought at at 2010 as a student in college to be like, I'm going to actually create a brand and the blog's just going to kind of be like the headquarter for that. Like what gave you that forethought to do that?
1: I have always done things the way I want. Mm. And when I say that, like people that tell me what to do, I don't, Respond to that, I respond to doing it my own way, like when I got married i didn 't look at anything. I did it the way I wanted. Um, everything in my life has been like that i don 't like when people put me in a box, mm. and my I attribute this to my parents where my parents like we, we lived in a house where it was like no judgment like you if you 're not an extraordinary person we 're still going to love you, but just because you 're born into this family you 're not extraordinary so I was right. never held up to like be super special but they still loved me if that makes sense Absolutely Yep. I didn't get trophies for everything right. I did They checked you, know. you but loved you They checked me but loved me right. and and um you know they also were like do you Yeah so my parents were never like you have to go to high school you have to go to college you have to do this like they just let me be me mm. whatever that was mm-hmm. And what that did for me is uh, that made me want to go to college that made me want to you know not do drugs now my sister went a different way, and that's a whole different story. But um, for me, what that did is it allowed me to flourish and fly and be whoever I wanted. I never was told, you can't do this. I feel if I went and told my parents anything about me, they would have you know, spun it in a way that was, it, it was okay. There was no judgment. Mm. And with that, I've been able to do everything on my own terms. So I was told all through high school from multiple people that I should become a newscaster. And when people told me that, I like rebelled against it because I wanted to do it my own way. I didn't want to be told the news. They tell you what to say. Right. So I'm like, how can I use what people are saying is my talent, but use it in a way where it's on my own terms and I'm beating to the tune of my own drum? Right. So the brand, looping back to your question... Was you know I knew I could create a blog, but how was I going to have that blog have longevity? No one wants to see, you know, a forty-nine-year-old in a fashion outfit like that. And to just to be real, like right. you have to be able to be like Martha Stewart. What she's done is, you know, she started in, in the kitchen and she started her magazine. and She started shows. Like she has this brand now because she 's really played the long game, yep, and i I guess the the way how I knew to do that in college was that like I needed to have that longevity to be able to beat to the tune of my own drum and never let it stop that's it 's so true, and I love that you you hit on those points of like
0: you would hear, because a lot of times people say, well, you know, how, how can I how can I figure out what my brand is, or how can I figure out what my authenticity is? And a lot of times people will say, well, why don't you ask the people around you that you know and trust, like, what do they come to you for? So I think that, you know, you kind of had that because people would say, you should be a newscaster. You're really good at speaking. You're really good in front of the camera. But you also had had the, the willpower and really the freedom and the confidence within you to say, okay, but i 'm going to do it this
1: way yeah we 're living in a generation where people are taking other people 's narratives and, mm. and, and and putting it on themselves and you know doing uh, like doing what other people think they should do. We need yes. to like uh, as women, especially. If I can do anything with the Skinny Confidential, it's like you need to do what works for you. Have self-awareness. Have a conversation with yourself and figure out what gets you off. Because I just did a podcast on this, how important um, the art of fulfillment is. Yes. What fulfills you? On Instagram Live the other day, I said, I can't tell you what fulfills you. You can tell you. Right. So what I like to do with people is I l- I'll listen to what people say mm-hmm. and I'll take their opinions, but I don't take them to heart. Mm. I listen because I'm like, okay, th- th- they're onto something, but no one knows you better than you know you. Right. So that's why at the end of the day, you got to be who you want to be or... In my opinion, you're not gonna, going to be fulfilled. Yeah. And so I just think fulfillment is something people should really focus on. Do you, do you, would you call yourself
0: a good listener? I think listening is practice. And do you think that being a good listener and really, I'm going to take it one step further, really being able to retain what someone says to you without attaching to it has helped you know yourself
1: better to build your brand? I think it comes down to emotion and logic, Right. A lot of people think with emotions. I've learned at a very young age that it's so much more powerful to think with logic. Mm. So if someone comes to me with an upsetting email, I take a day. Yeah. I don't respond. Mm. I don't respond emotionally. I'm upset. I'm angry. I take a day. I step away. I get an outside perspective. I look at the situation, um, from outside, get a different perspective. And then I respond because the next day I'm logical. Right. So everything to me comes down to emotion and logic. How are you going to respond? So when someone tells me you're this and they're, they're labeling me, you're this, I take it in, I put it aside, I come back to it. I think, you know, okay, w- w- let me see what this person's saying and then I put my own spin on it. Mm, what they're really saying. Yes. Right. So it, are they deflecting something onto me? Mm-hmm. Are they, you know, giving me really good advice from a good place? Where is it coming from? And that's where that logic and emotion comes into play. You have to really think logical, especially when it comes to business. Mm,
0: I love that. That's a great, that's a great tip. It's speaking of business and speaking of brands, you've worked with a lot of brands um, and you've created a lot of your own brand. I would love to know when it comes to being an influencer, when it comes to growing and marketing and all of that stuff, what have you found that really just kind of like pisses you off about it?
1: That pisses me off about
0: working with bloggers? That just kind of pisses you off about this industry as a whole. Like what, where do you see that we're, that we're kind of, um, stopping at, that we're not growing, that we're not evolving in, things that just, and maybe it's not even an evolution. Just what do you sometimes see that you're just like, man, they're not getting it. This is really, this is really irking me.
1: Totally. I think that starting with bloggers in my industry, I don't even think it's down to like who's authentic and who does not. I can't stand that word anymore. Mm-hmm. Everyone thinks they're authentic. We all think, we're, you know, everyone's <laughs> like, you know, I don't know if I can cuss on here, but everyone yeah. thinks they're authentic. Like, you know, that's great. What are you bringing to the table that's different? right? And how are you showcasing that part of your personality in a way that provides value to the community? Yes. Um, That's to me, that's what's interesting. That's what gets me off. Like I try to use things that people may think of as a weakness, spin it into a strength and utilize it. And this comes down to being resourceful. Mm. Um, I think what bothers me is that people are not being as resourceful as they can. They're using other people's formulas as their own. So what I always say is I look at everyone's formula, I see it, and then I weigh, you know, I I mix it. Like I always say, I'm like making a margarita. I I look at the recipe, but then I like spin it how I want to, and maybe I add a squeeze of grapefruit and like a half salted rim. So you have to like, you can look at what everyone's doing, but when there's all these carbon copying and people are claiming to be authentic, it's to me, it's like, what spin are you putting on this industry? How are you different? And how are you providing value? That's probably on the blogger end. Something that drives me nuts about the brands is that they want to do these one off partnerships. Mm. I think that um, a long term partnership is much more valuable if you find the right person. So if you can find someone that can tell a story, you know. Gary Vee is someone who I really admire. He always says storytelling is so underrated. It really is. People want a story. They do. No one wants to see like a flat lay of, you know, you're selling a pen of the pen. Like what's the story behind the pen? Mm-hmm. How can I use the pen in my daily life? What can the reader walk away with? On Instagram, it drives me nuts when when an influencer will put some a picture up and it's just one emoji. I mean, once in a while, that's fine. But like... What is the audience walking away with? Um, So I think if you as a brand can find an influencer to tell your story but also implement their story in a seamless way, that's when you should really explore a partnership. And I hope that the brands will start to evolve and see that partnerships are really where it's at if you find the right person. That's
0: that's, you. I can't say any, I mean, that's perfection. Like the Thank way you. that you said that. I feel like that. we're on the same page. Yes. I mean, it's, it's so true. It's, it's like, can we please get away from the one in Burns? But the bloggers have to want that too. The influencers have to want that too. And so it's really, if you, if you want the marriage to work, you got to both, it's not 50, 50, it's a hundred and a hundred percent coming to the table. Totally. Absolutely. So speaking of that, We do see, we'll see these influencers and bloggers do these one and burns, or we'll see them align with a lot of affiliate marketing companies. And what we see is a lot of times the focus of growth and awareness and conversion is really put on the brand and the products and less and less on the influencers and their brands. If you agree with this, yes or no, I would love to know what are your, if you could give one tip, two tip, three tips on how to get a blogger or an influencer that may be listening today getting
1: focused back down on their brand? How can they do that? What should they do? Stop thinking about money. 99.9% of people come to me and say, how do I make money? I am the type of person that if 99% of people are doing something, I go the other way. Yeah. I don't care if everyone's, if everyone's getting you know, the most beautiful free t-shirt over here, I want to go the other way and, and find something vintage. Like I want to go the other way of like all you know, that school of fish. They're all going. I want to go the other way. I want to challenge that and I, I want to see what else is happening. I think that so many people want to know how to monetize. The monetization comes when you put in the work and you think long-term and you build the foundation. Mm -hmm. You have to build the foundation first. And whether that's a podcast, like I told Michael the other day, we're not in podcasting just to make money. If money comes, great. Right now, we're into creating content that's valuable for the audience Meeting interesting people. We love meeting interesting people. Um, and, and just creating a community where our audience members can call in sometimes, just really taking our time and going slow. Everyone wants it now. And you know, I attribute that to the social media generation. Everyone wants it now, now, now. I I can really say and I can, you know, swear on my beautiful dog's life that when I first got into this industry, I did not think about money for two and a half years. Not even a thought. I remember someone wanted to send me, um, something for free in the first year and I couldn't believe it. I put in the time I connected with the audience. I figured out what was working. I got a good camera. I created high quality stuff. You know, I, I perfected my writing. I blogged seven days a week. Um, and, but I loved it. This mm. is another thing. If you don't love that part of it, you're not going to love it when the money comes. Mm-mm. You're just not. Um so, so, I think everyone should stop you know really looking at the money side and look more at the foundation mm that's that's great
0: that's a great tip um and two, knowing that like the money's just kind of like the subset, like the cherry on top that kind of comes after really building this intentional, purposeful. Product, brand, service, whatever you want to call it, it's all the same thing.
1: I love the word purposeful.
0: Yes, it's It's a great word. It's it's so true. Um so with with that, I think a lot of times that there are brands out there, and it's it probably has a lot to do with that because bloggers are going straight to like the monetization. A lot of brands don't take bloggers seriously. You know, they they may eye roll, they don't, you know, they're still kind of this like, and we talked about it on your podcast, there's still kind of just this like stigma of like you know, we're not really going to be that respectful towards these bloggers. We're not going to really take it this serious or how, how could you, if you told a blogger today, the one way, if if she said, how can I get brands to take me more serious,
1: what would be your response to her or him? Patience. Here's the thing. I'm not in the business of convincing people. Mm. If they don't want to fucking work with me, that's totally fine with me. There's 8 billion other people that I can reach out to for every single no, I've gotten thousands and thousands of no's. I've gotten, you know maybe 10 yeses that are just really home runs I am not in the business of convincing a brand I have hopped on the phone with so many brands and they ask me all these weird questions that you can tell that their energy's off it's not on it's You know, they don't want me to cuss on the blog post or I'm not, you know, my brand, you see it, it's crystal clear. Like you said, in our podcast as well, you said, you know, it's, you see my Instagram, you see my aesthetic, you see how I talk. Don't like, you see, it's a whole reel, it's my whole resume online. And clearly you liked it. Inclusive you for
0: reaching out to me.
1: I'm not going to convince you. I'm not going to promise you any conversion. You can see for yourself what happens. Um, so, I think with brands, what it's going to take is patience and time. Mm. If brands aren't lined up at the door to work with you, my opinion, you need to create more valuable content. You need to create more value for the audience. You need to create more pictures. You need to refine your aesthetic. You, you should work on your strategy as opposed to trying to appease all these brands. Mm, I
0: love that. That's so true because that's what we see so much of. We see so much of trying to get in the door with these brands, appease these brands. Another thing that I don't see enough of that I wish I saw more because I just, I believe, especially in women, and I believe the power that we can, that we can really cultivate by sticking together is blogger to blogger, intentional collaborations, influencer to influencer, intentional partnerships. When it comes to those things, do you, have you found a niche of, of what kind of works together? Or could you give any advice of like if you want to grow, start aligning with other bloggers, start aligning with other influencers. What is your take on that? Do you have any advice on that?
1: When I first started out in in 2010, everyone was showcasing their outfits, and it was a very me 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 thing. Mm -hmm. Now I just want to like be transparent. Social media is me me me. I mean, you go to my Instagram page; it might feel there's a lot of pictures. Like everyone's me 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 right now. However, it's taking it a step further when. In 2010, it was all one person in an outfit, you know, very same. So, what I did, I was like, how can I break into this industry in a way where it's not me, 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 where it's bringing other women on and showcasing their tips and tricks? And how I did that was I started reaching out to models, actresses, everyday girls, um, bloggers, and getting them on my site and not asking them for anything here's what happened though when i created this beautiful article write up with you know their their answers their q and a i wrote like a huge paragraph all about them i shared their social media i shared beautiful pictures of them on this very feminine girly pink site they wanted to promote it. Mm. So you get people on there, you know, like Charlotte McKinney. She's a huge guest model. She would just, she screenshotted the article and put it up on her Instagram. Um, you know, Jules, uh, uh, Juliana Huff. Yes. Uh, she's been on, like, so, so I've had a lot of different, Kristen uh, Cavallari's coming on next week. What that does is it's something called momentum. And, mo- and I feel like everyone knows what that means. But what it means in the blogging industry is if you start getting these people on, it's word of mouth. You know, in podcasting, I I actually am on your podcast right now because of your friend, Jennifer. Right. She, some Instagram, she tagged me and I went and listened to it. When you're collaborating and you're putting out that energy into the ether that you're a collaborative person, you start to get all these people on board and they start being, being your soldier. Yes. Right? Yep. And you're being their soldier and right. it's a win-win. Yep. I didn't ask for them to do anything, and this is in 2010. Remember, I would approach some of these models, and they were like, "What's a blog?" <laughs> but I really built that interview community on the site, and what I was essentially doing was like podcasting through blogging. Right. And if they shared it, great. And if they didn't, then you know, there again, there's eight billion other people I can interview. So, right. Nowadays, if I was starting out, I always tell Michael that I would definitely collaborate with yeah. influencers in my um, in my industry. And I would pick something that's so niche. For instance, Michael said the other day we were walking on the beach, he goes, how would you launch your brand if it was now? And I thought about it and I was like, I probably would get the handle that target girl. And he goes, what do you mean? And I'm like, I'd get the handle that target girl and everything I would wear would be Target and how to style it, and everything in my home would be Target, and I would niche down on Target, and the overall goal would be to secure a huge partnership with Target that would eventually turn into a product line with Target. Mm-hmm. Like genius. Target is just like a, like a, you could be like that Coles uh, girl. I don't know, right? But that's how I would get in the space because you can sneak in. I hate when people are like, "It's so saturated." Mm-hmm. There's ways to like sneak in mm-hmm. like that. You know, you start a podcast called That Target Girl and who's your sponsor? Target. Right. You know, that is such a niche that can grow you into someone in the industry who has credibility mm-hmm. and then later you can grow more outward and more broad. Mm. That's
0: that's such a good takeaway because I feel like that people are so focused on what's happening out here that they forget that the more that they could just focus down and really try to think of things that may be unique, not necessarily better, and figure out ways to serve the platform that they already have, all that other stuff's going to come. And then they're not even going to have to worry about growing their following, quote unquote, because everybody else is going to do it for them.
1: Totally. And again, it comes down to being resourceful. Yeah. If Target has 10 million followers and Target's going to Instagram you, bam. I mean, you really have to look at what you're good at and niche down on it. I went in as a health and fitness blogger. I'm not a health and fitness blogger anymore. I've grown. Jennifer Lopez got into the industry, I think, on living color. Look, you have right. to find a way to get in. Right. And once you're in, then you slowly expand out. I always say it's like an upside down triangle. Mm. You start at the tip, you niche down so hard, and then you slowly grow your brand. Mm. You know what I mean? Yep, that's so true because I think that especially
0: in the health, fitness, fashion, beauty space, it's like, well, I'm a girl and I like fashion, so I'm going to be a fashion blogger. It's like, okay, well, what's, what's the intention behind that? What's the niche behind that? What's the story behind that? What's different? What's different about that? That's getting resourceful. Exactly. And I want to talk about the numbers game a little bit because I know that we kind of spoke about this and so many bloggers focus on that. You know, It's like how you said the question that you always get asked is how can I make money? I'm sure another question you always get asked is how can I grow my following? Totally. A lot of times what I see is that they're, the 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 bloggers, the influencers are so focused on the following number. They're so focused on these other influencers or other brands that they completely lose that opportunity to niche down that you just talked about. How do we get away from? seeing what everybody else is doing and more specifically taking these bloggers out there that we put on these pedestals for, I don't know why, for whatever reason, how do we get them off that pedestal so we can focus down more on on our brand
1: and the content that we're creating? Well, first you have to understand that the bloggers that have millions and millions of followers got on Instagram before anyone. Okay. So everyone needs to understand that. Like if you're looking at that, that's a horrible way to gauge it. Like you, you need to, this is like where it's like one time I was, um, working with a skinny girl and we got to meet Bethany Frankel and I said, what's the best tip of advice that you can give us? And she goes, be like Michael Phelps, stay in your own lane. Mm -hmm. Like when you're swimming, you cannot be focused on what everyone else is doing on and all the other lanes or you're not going to win. So how you win in this industry is focusing on your own shit, staying in your own lane. I know it's hard and I will be the first to admit to see numbers. Numbers are intimidating, but here's the thing. Half of the bloggers have bought. That's just a fact. Mm -hmm. And the other half have been in the game a long time. Mm -hmm. And then there's people in the middle that have really dialed in that consistent, quality, valuable content. So I think you just need to figure out like who you want to be. I mean, do you want it by your followers? It's possible if you do, Mm -hmm. or do you like, for me, like I just really, really want to create valuable content that people want to share while maintaining my aesthetic and my brand. And I don't have time to compare myself to everyone else. Mm, When you're so, so, you know, focused on, on your vision and I call this being a visionary. When you have such a vision and you know where you're going and you're crystal clear, and that comes back to self-awareness and having the conversation of what fulfills you, you are too busy. You have to put your horse blinders on and drown out the noise. Um, and, and that is something that requires practice. I did not like wake up one day like this. Okay. I've done You didn't? No, I know no, I didn't. Yeah, I just I've definitely done a lot of work and how I do that work has to do with multitasking. I put a podcast on whenever I'm cooking, whenever I'm cleaning, whenever I'm driving, whenever I'm walking, I have a podcast on. Mm-hmm. I want to learn through Tim Ferriss, through Gary Vee, through Joe Rogan, um, I, I, Tony Robbins, a lot of men. You can tell I'm very attracted to masculine energy. So mm-hmm. um, again, you have to find out what you're attracted to. I love your podcast, the Influencer Thank Podcast. You. I think it's great for influencers. Thank you. I think that that you, you if you're constantly learning... For me, my business is so important, so business is a huge thing, and you're practicing those things. Like, for instance, I'll give you an example of what I'm trying to say. I spoke at Create and Cultivate uh, four years ago, three years ago. I was so nervous. I had to drink a glass of champagne and take a shot of vodka. (laughs) Now I'm like the WB frog. Like, you put me on a stage, I'm tap dancing, I'm ready to go. Right. But that is practice. Yeah. That is being on a podcast mic. 170 times. Right. That is being on stage. That is practicing. Mm-hmm. This stuff doesn't just like come naturally all the time. Sometimes you have to practice and put in the work. Right. So back to your question about followers. It, that was your question, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But no, you're, you're answering I'm sorry, it. I go with what off you're on saying. a tangent. No, oh I love my it. God. Um, about followers. It's that you have to practice your craft, stay in your own lane, and not worry what everyone else is doing. Yeah.
0: I love that. And it's, it's so true just to kind of remember, like it's not about any of that. And you don't want that to cloud because I feel like when we start to consume before we create our own content, we're just subconsciously getting inundated with everyone's stuff. And I think that that's why so many people look the same. Their content looks the same. They talk the same. It's all
1: the same. Totally. And guess how the Kardashians stood out? Exactly, they're different. Exactly, it's a different so type different. of family.
0: Exactly. Um, okay, let's talk trends for a minute. Okay. Um, I wanted to know from you what what is and it, what is the biggest trend that you see coming, and more importantly, how do you think it's going to make that niche that you were talking about a more um, profitable and more attractive opportunity for new
1: influencers coming in? That's a great question. This industry has been a lot about looks and leading with your looks. Mm. And now it's about to change in my opinion. You're going to have to lead with your personality Mm. and not only your personality, you're going to have to lead with how much value are you bringing with that personality Okay, and how that's going to change is through video and podcasting. Okay. Tell us. Like for so long, it's been a blogger behind a computer and an outfit in the street, right? Right. Okay. So that's the, the photo's probably highly edited. Um, We're not seeing their personality. We're only seeing it through words. You can go back and edit words. If you, now people are craving that, I hate this word. I don't like the word authenticity, but they're craving um, connection. Yeah. Yeah. So you can't connect with someone through a picture of you in the street with words that can be edited. So what's going to happen is these bloggers that have made a career off doing this are going to have to showcase their personality. Mm -hmm. And as you said before, the cream's going to rise to the top. So now you have to have a personality to back up your pictures. And as they always say, like, the game's going to get more competitive, And, um, you know, when I say competitive, that's kind of a negative word. What I mean is that you're not only going to be able to lead with your looks. Now you need to be able to have a personality, um, a community value to back it up. And personally, what else I'm seeing too is that it can't be me, 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 me. So let me give you an example. I can't get on my podcast day after day and talk about me, 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 me and stories about my life. It has to be... Something that's worth people's time, Mm. because now everyone wants time, Mm -hmm. right? That's why Alexa is is going to be crazy, right? That's why Amazon is taking over Whole Foods, right? That's why we love Uber, right? Postmates, you know. And and if you're a Gary Vee listener, you know they always he always says they're selling time. Yep. So if you can package yourself in a way that you look great, I'm not saying I'm not saying you have to be drop dead beautiful. I'm just saying you look great. You look put together. You can present your content in a funny, entertaining, informative, educational, whatever it is, way. And make it quick and simple Mm. and put it on a podcast or a video or live. That's when you're going to win,
0: in my opinion. It's true. Because I think that you're right. When you said that people are craving connection, I think that what we've seen since probably 2010, people were craving attention. And now that they've gotten the attention and that doesn't fulfill them. They're like, oh, wait, maybe I do need to seek something deeper here. Maybe I do need to look for more of a connective way to see myself and other people, to share my story with other people. So I think that we are. I think we're going to be seeing less attention and more connection. And I think that for the people that are so afraid to really get in the arena, as Brene Brown would say, and like shine are freaking out right now.
1: Yeah, they're freaking out. They're
0: so picture-based and they're like video, podcast, uh, live, live, oh shit, you know? Live is a lot of pressure. Live is a lot of pressure, but like you said, practice. Yes. You know, like what whatever background that you come from, some people may become more comfortable in this format, some may not, but it's 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 just that idea
1: of like getting in front of that camera every day and just showing up. Totally. And here's, here's a tip, you guys, if you're out there listening... Live is not like the most comfortable thing in the world, okay? You don't just get on Instagram live and you're not like, oh, you know, this is so easy. You get a lot of perverts. You get a lot of people saying negative things. You get a lot of trolls. Mm-hmm. It comes with the territory. Mm-hmm. What I did is because I was like, I'm not going to want to do this. I do what I do every morning. I kicked my own ass. And how I did that was I said to my audience, every Wednesday at 5 p.m. I will be on live. Whether I like it or not, I'm going to be on live. I'm be on live. Mm-hmm. And what that does for me... Is I'll resist, but I've made a commitment mm. to the audience. So I have to get my butt online. Mm, it holds you accountable. Yes. And so if you can do that out there, if you're a blogger, it, what it does is it forces you to practice mm. and practice makes perfect. Yeah. I, that's such a good tip is like make your, be your own boss and make yourself show up. That's a great tip. My audience holds me accountable, let me tell you. I love that. I'm usually five minutes late and they're like, where are you? Yeah. And you know I'm late. It's on brand. But hey,
0: that's exactly,
1: and that, that's a community right there. That's the <laughs> loyalty right
0: there. They know you well enough to know that. Um, okay, so switching over to techniques and tools. I would love to know. You had told me that because I'd asked you kind of what do you really use to grow and to scale and to streamline. And you talked about growth hacking and um, you know exclusive content on one platform that really kind of and then helping kind of drive readers to the next platform. I would love you to kind of explain this in a little bit more detail about what you what you mean by that.
1: Growth hacking um, is a book written by Ryan Holiday. And basically what it is, is you're moving people from place to place in a way that is valuable that you're also keeping in mind of their time. So an example would be, say I am making uh, two ingredient pancakes on Snapchat and I'm showing it, but I don't have the recipe written down. What I would say is head to my Insta story to get the recipe. The recipe would be on my Insta story. And from there, underneath there, I would say, swipe up to get my favorite two-ingredient syrup. From there, on the blog post, it would be a blog post on two-ingredient syrup. I would say, if you like this recipe, I make a bunch of three-ingredient recipes in my book Mm. and direct them to the book. Now, there's 20 million ways to do that. This is just one way. Right. When you're constantly growth hacking, you're sending people around, but in a way that's not manipulative or greedy, it's a way that you're actually providing valuable content to what they're doing. Absolutely. If that makes sense. Absolutely. And it's really
0: just... You know, sometimes influence, just the word, people can, they're they're like, oh, because they see it as this kind of like manipulative tactic. Whereas I kind of just see it as more as like an, a, a persuasive opportunity. I'm giving you the opportunity to go to these other platforms and I'm going to be mindful and respectful of the platforms at the same time. And I'm not going to give you everything on one platform because I want you to see how I can serve you on these other platforms. Totally. And I love that you, that you brought that point up of like, I'm going to tease you here And then I'm going to tease you over there, and then I'm going to tease you over there, and then I'm going to tease you here. It's
1: kind of like you're dating a guy. Like, when you first start dating a guy, I would always, like, make Michael, like wait a little here, wait a little there. You kind of like have to hook them in. You do. And then by the time they've read the blog post, maybe they really like you and they start exploring other parts of your blog Mm -hmm. and maybe they don't and they leave and that's fine too. Right. You, you gotta be able to be prepared for that as well. Right. Um, but growth hacking is really valuable. I think if, if it's done right, I think that, that when, what my audience wants to see too, is how I use things seamlessly in my life. Like one thing about me is you'll get a lot of behind the scenes. I think people are missing that aspect like how many times can we see the farmers market flowers? Like <laughs> show me the behind the scenes, show me how you got the picture, document, don't create. Show me show me what's going on, show me the characters in your life show me depth. Show me, I want to see all elements. And that's when I believe the influence really happens mm. when there's like a whole story. And again, it's not in a manipulative way. It's like, come on this ride with me, come see my life at the same time, also engaging with the audience. So every single night I'll go through all my Snapchat messages, respond to everyone, like a text message. Like it's on my to-do list every morning, every night, Every day, seven days a week, for the last two and a half years, people have said, "Oh, I'm going to Instagram Story." Why, I get that, but why would you just abandon Snapchat? I think you know, using these platforms, if you have attention on any of them, you should use them. Mm. Um, and for me, Snapchat's amazing because I can talk to my audience one on one so quickly, like a text message. So. Right. Um, Again, I went off on a tangent, but... No, it's um, smart. It's, it's it, so true. I just even think, you know, just that it's so valuable to be able to talk to the audience like that. And now you can do it on Instagram DM, but I do think Snapchat's quicker.
0: Yeah. And too, like if you have a platform on Snapchat, it makes sense for you to continue to serve that platform. Totally. And be respectful of that. Um, I loved your tips on on growth hacking. And I think that that's something that people just don't either know or just don't think to do. Um, and it can allow, too, for you to attract new audiences, because maybe there's a person out there, a girl out there that is totally part of, of, of the Skinny Confidential, but didn't even know it. And she needed to kind of go through those steps to be able to then be presented to the blog and to the, to the content that you created or to your book or to your article to be like, oh, wait, I'm totally vibing with this person. I want to be a part of this community. Totally. Yep, 200%. Um, okay, so I want to talk more. I had asked you about influencer strategies that have not worked in the past for you and what you did to overcome them. And you talked about two things that I agree with you 200% on Instagram pods and loop giveaways, that sort of thing. You talked about how Instagram pods do not work because there's no real engagement there. They don't convert. I agree with you so much, but I want you to talk more about this and You know, I'm a big proponent of testing. Like I get why we all have tried those things out, but I want to get your feedback on why you decided to leave the pods and not do kind of the the general, the general kind of loops
1: and those kinds of false collaborations. Here's the thing. I am such a big um, supporter of doing you. Like it's so hard for me to give blanket statements to everyone and say, you shouldn't do this. You shouldn't do that. I'm sharing what has worked and what has not worked for me. And before I get into why I don't think they work, just know that I'm really focused on my own lane, my own vision. And I I wake up every morning with a thermometer of energy and I have to give all that energy towards the right things Mm -hmm. because I'm a huge believer that good habits every day create your success. Mm -hmm. So, When I was in an Instagram pod, I was in one for probably two or three months. I noticed that a part of my energy that could have been going back to my community was going to commenting on other people's Instagram pictures. Mm. Now, that is not what I want and it doesn't contribute to my overall vision. So why am I taking part of my energy Every day towards that. Mm. And what what I've done is I've really, really evaluated my energy. I, I sit back and I think, okay, where am I putting my energy every single day? I don't care about where you're putting your energy over your life or a month. I care about every day. So when I again when I'm sitting in the room and I'm commenting, "Oh, so cute, babe, so cute." One, it puts the skinny confidential out there as someone like that's commenting like surface stuff. And of course, I'll still see pictures and write, "So cute," but when it was happening like, you know, I think I was in two pods and it was happening like 30 times a day. Mm-hmm. It just it doesn't feel right. It feels gross to me. Right. Again, this is my opinion. Right. Um and I wasn't focused on my own lane. Two, I don't think there's longevity there personally. Like, I'm trying to really create a brand with eventually a product line and having other bloggers comment on my photo because I commented on theirs it doesn't feel like it feels very short term. Yeah. You know, I'd rather right. have my community involved in me commenting back and engaging with them yep. than spend any time on commenting. So cute. So pretty on someone else's Instagram. Right. And talk, talk about being unauthentic. Yeah. And <laughs> that word is, that we hate. Totally. Totally. Yeah. And what I found though too, is like now if I see a blogger, I really like, and I write so cute cause it is so cute. Right. She'll come comment on mine and I don't need to be in a pod that I get 60 messages a day. Yep. Like exhausting. Yep. Um, the loop giveaway, I think loop giveaways are okay if they're done right mm-hmm. and strategically. Like mm-hmm. if I'm ever in a loop giveaway, I think I've done like three. The aesthetic of the picture needs to match my aesthetic and it needs to be something my audience actually wants. Right. Um, but most of my giveaways come from my own stuff. I, The products that I get are so amazing on a day-to-day basis, but... I want to give a I would say I give probably 95% of the products to my audience because one, I'm not going to be able to use everything. Right. And two, I think like I'm snapping and Instagram storing the brand, so it's a win-win. It's a win-win for me, it's a win-win for the audience, and it's a win-win for the brand. Yep. So I personally kind of to answer your question exactly, I would I would go more towards giveaways of products that you get as opposed to loop, but I think throwing one in there if it's right is okay. Again, my opinion for my own brand. Yep. Well, our opinions are the same.
0: I agree with you on that,
1: and um, and and
0: it goes back to like what you're saying is that you want you want it to have a purpose behind it. You want it to have an intention behind it, and really, like you talked about the, th- the thermometer of your energy. You want to make sure that energetically that shift that's happening in your energy space is being put towards something that is going to be purposeful and meaningful and strategic to your brand. Totally. Cause it's
1: all connected. Totally. And the by the, I keep saying totally, I don't know why, but it is totally everything you're saying is yes, yes, yes. Um, I, I think that with that energy thermometer, I look at it as a whole. So if there's someone that's toxic in my life, mm. I, I'm at the point in my life where if it's not working for me, it's not working, and I'm I'm maybe even like cutthroat about it. If if it's toxic energy, I'm so focused on what I want to build and the community, and um, you know my husband and my friends and family. That like if it's toxic or if it's not working for me, or if it's a partnership maybe that that they're not understanding my brand, I don't give it energy and that mm-hmm. comes back to what we talked about before between emotion and logic. Mm. The logic is is why should I give anyone an ounce of my energy that could be going towards something that's powerful? Mm. That's so true. And I think that it's it's important to remember that too when you follow
0: certain people on Instagram, if they are if they are taking your energy away and, and not in a positive positive way, or if they're exuding, if they're consuming a part of your energy, if it's putting any negativity into your space, don't follow them.
1: I could not agree with you more on that.
0: Even if, even if they make you jealous or whatever it is, don't follow them. Just don't follow. Um, Okay. So before we wrap up, I wanted to know who are the influencers and bloggers out there right now that are really catching your eye that you think are really stepping outside of the box, doing their own thing, focusing down. What about them
1: is attractive to you? The Kardashians. 100%. 100%. And no one wants to hear that answer. Yeah. There's, for some reason, people don't want to hear that. But let me tell you, they have more attention on them daily than a Super Bowl commercial. I mean, that's crazy. Here's the thing. Forget about the Kardashians. Let's just look at them as a whole. What they've done is they've taken something out of nothing, or as people would say, a sex tape, and they've grown an empire. Mm-hmm. So here's what I'm about. I don't care how you started. I don't care where you came from. What have you done with it? And how have you spun it in a positive, resourceful manner? What they've done is incredible. They have utilized all of each other. They've played off each other to create this foundation where they can launch whatever they want to launch. And, um, you know, Kylie Jenner is someone that knows her audience better than anyone I've ever seen. Mm. And that's just the truth. Mm. She knows exactly what she's doing. She content marketed and content marketing means if you guys don't know, because it's kind of like a, I feel like it's an internet word means that she put out content of the product she was going to launch before she launched the product, knowing that she would be known for that before the product launches. So it makes sense. Pre-launch 101. Totally. <laughs> She talked at the lips, the lips, the lips, the lips, and then she comes out with a lip kit. Okay. Kim Kardashian, she's known for contouring and highlighting. Mm -hmm. She comes out with that, you know, and she's showing you, if you look back on her YouTube channel or an Instagram story, she's showing us how to contour with other products. And then she comes out with her line a year later. She knew to content market. And- they do it in a way where they're also letting their fans help build the product. And if you get anything out of what I just said about the Kardashians, that's the most important thing. They allow the community to pick the colors, the texture, the fabrics. What do they like? What do they don't like? So by the time the product launches, the audience feels like they've built the product with them. It's already sold out. It's genius. It's genius. So what what they've done is just really incredible. I read Kris Jenner's book. It's really interesting. I think you know, she's a mastermind. And when I say mastermind, I mean, in 2017, the internet day and age. Right. Right. Okay. I'm gonna have to check that book out. Okay. So, um,
0: your vision, what's next? Skinny Confidential. What's next for Lauren? What's going on?
1: The day to day to day to day, the digging, the chipping is definitely something that I'm super focused on creating content that's quality and valuable. I have a secret Facebook group where the community connects and it's been so incredible to see it has nothing to do with me. It's them sharing their tips and tricks and them doing meetups without me. Like Mm. That's what I want. That was the goal. It almost made me emotional because it was like, they're making friends and it has nothing to do with me. It's just the community. Mm, so I think a lot of meetups, like wherever I go, meeting, meeting, talking with people, hearing about what they do, um, a lot of speaking, a lot of live podcasting, um, continuing the podcast with Michael, slowly and strategically building the brand and eventually launching product. I'm working on it right now. Um, I hate being like, I can't tell, but I don't want to put anything out there until I know it's a hundred percent. Um, and that's when I'll involve the community and get their opinions. And just, I really just think it is that day to day consistency. Mm.
0: So where can we find podcast book website, the products when they come out?
1: The podcast is the skinny confidential him and her. We just had Julie on. So you'll have to listen to her episode And you can find my book on Amazon or Barnes and Noble. It's just The Skinny Confidential. And then my Instagram is, you guys guessed it, at The Skinny Confidential. And I'm on Snapchat if you want to see super behind the scenes. And that's at Lauren Everett's. And Lauren's with a Y.
0: I love that. Okay, so I'm going to end this to ask you a question that I ask every guest that comes on the show. What does influence mean to you?
1: Being able to cultivate a community where everyone's influencing each other. Love it.
0: Thank you so much, Lauren. You're, you're such an innovator. You're you're you. just fantastic with what you do, and not only do people, I'm sure, aspire to to be like you, to to kind of have the kind of brand and everything that you have, but I think that most importantly, you inspire those to really find that within themselves. Thank you. That's so very I thank nice. you. Yeah, I thank you for showing up.
1: Thanks for having me. Thank you.